Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. You're listening to WQYLDB Wathershaw, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your, your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Hello and welcome to Enterprise Now. I am your host, LZ Flinnard, and we have a wonderful show for you this evening. We have with us Marty McDermott. He is the president and owner of Franchise Interviews, and he has a ton of knowledge and wisdom that he is going to share with us this evening. But first, I have a couple of announcements. Um, the, the first thing I want to talk about is our new partner, I guess I can call them, Baseline to Go Line. They are a sports talk podcast that they are basically sports fanatics. They're nuts. They love to talk sports and that's what they do all day on their show, Baseline to Go Line. So check that out. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. on WQYL DB Radio. Again, Baseline to Go Line on WQYL DB Radio on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. The second new show that we have on on the station is called CSMI. It's a talk show that introduces Christian music and artists, and they um, they have interviews and talks with the with the artists to um, kind of get a feel for why they do what they do and how they do what they do. Don't have a time for that show yet, but it's coming soon. So stay tuned. The last and final thing that I want to talk about is our exciting partnership with Relay Local. I'll tell you more about what Relay Local is later, but just know that we have entered into a strategic partnership with Relay Local. This is going to be awesome for for our local business owners and entrepreneurs. So stay tuned for that as well. Again, like I said, I have with me Mr. Marty McDermott. He is the president and owner of Franchise Interviews, and I am super excited to to uh, to speak with him this evening because he is um, he's a lot of things, and I'll let him introduce himself, and uh, we'll get uh, into some questions here. So, Marty, tell us about yourself, and um, as I tell all of my guests every week, you're more than welcome to go all the way back to where the story first began at birth, or you can start present day and and tell us how you got to where you are. <laughs> That's fantastic, Elsie. I just want to start off thanking you for inviting me on your show, Elsie. I, I mentioned to you before the show, I, I'm a fan to the show, you know, so um, I was mentioning to you, I feel like I know you already, you know, through <laughs> listening to your podcast and things like that. So, um, and you do such a great job with the podcast, by the way. So to be a fan and be on your show at the same time is, is, is really a pleasure for me. So I really thank you for, 
for having me on the show. But uh, I'm, I'm talking to you today from Williams Township, Pennsylvania, Elsie. And Williams Township uh, is, you know, for your listeners who have never been to Pennsylvania, we're, uh, we're about like 50 miles north of Philadelphia. We're right on the Delaware River, so New Jersey's right on the other side. And we're about uh, 300 miles um, southeast of, of Pittsburgh, and we're about 70, 75 miles from New York City. You know, so that's kind of our proximity as far as you know where we're located. And it's it's a nice part of Pennsylvania. We're kind of we live up on a mountain, you know, so we have a beautiful view of, of eastern Pennsylvania. And um, we've been here now for about oh god, it's about 12 years, and um, it's just a fantastic place. I <clears throat> I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Elsie, um, but I grew up in New Jersey, and um, I'll kind of talk about life-changing events because you know a lot's happened, I guess, over my life. But uh, after high school, I um, I started a bachelor's degree program at St. John's University in New York, and I started Elsie as an accounting major, and I was ready to quit school after my first year of college. Like a lot of students, you know, they go to college, and you know, it's you know, you know, like when you start, when you start college, you know, your your first day, they say, look to your left and look to your right. I think they say, like one person's going to be gone. Well, that person was probably going to be me. Okay. Um, and, and I'm sitting in the courtyard at, at St. John's University, you know, and I'm kind of like looking up to the sky, and I'm saying, you know, hey God, please tell me what to do because I I, I don't know what to do. And there was a gentleman sitting next to my right, and he was reading a book. And it was kind of like an admiration because I said, God, I wish I, I could read a book with like such passion. And I call it divine intervention because at that point in my life, Elsie, I was really a very shy person. But I, it took me all the nerve to ask this gentleman. I said, excuse me, I, I said, could you tell me what you're reading? And he said, uh, I'm reading my marketing book. And, you know, the conversation probably could have just ended right there. But he was really kind, you know, because I said to him, I said, what's marketing? I had no idea what marketing even was. And he says to me, he goes, oh, marketing is advertising, it's sales, it's retail, uh, it's public relations. And I said, no kidding. I, I said, that's a, an actual field or course that you can study. And, you know, he got really excited about it. I said, he's telling me about it. And I said, God, I'd love to, you know, study something like that. And he says to me, he says, you know what, go to Dean Dobbins, you know, today or tomorrow and, and talk to him. And that's exactly what I did. The following day, I went to Dean Dobbins. I decided, I said, okay, I'm going to talk to this gentleman before I quit school first. And Dean Dobbins got just as excited about marketing as this gentleman was, you know. And I said, I want to switch. I want to change from an accounting major to a marketing major. And, you know, I, I call it a life-changing event because what happened was, Elsie, I went to school for as an accounting major really for the wrong reason. You know, my, my dad studied accounting, you know, and I had this admiration for my father. And um, so I said, you know what, I should probably follow in the same path. And it wasn't necessarily true. I just didn't enjoy the field. You know, my grades were suffering. I just, I wasn't a very good student. And after I switched, I got really excited about taking my first marketing course. And I was fortunate to have Dean Dobbins as my first marketing professor. And this gentleman was incredible. I mean, he was so excited in class. And it changed my life in the sense that I loved school after that moment, you know. And I wanted to know everything I could about marketing, you know. So I'd get there early, uh, you know, I'd stay after class and I'd ask questions, which was very uncharacteristic, you know, of, of my personality, you know. I'd, I'd constantly be studying in the library and I said, you know what, 
I'm going to know this subject better than anybody in the world. And every marketing course that I took after that point, you know, whether it was retail or consumer behavior or marketing management, market research, um, I really embraced. You know? And um, I was able to graduate. I, I had a pretty high GPA by the time I graduated school. So you know, the, the lesson, one of my, that was one of my big first lessons in life is, you know, is to do something that you're passionate about. And, you know, and I've heard that a lot on your show as well. You know, it's a common theme with you know, entrepreneurs that they talk about you know, doing something that you're passionate about. And you know, it's funny because a lot of marketing majors, Elsie, they pursue a sales they pursue a sales career actually after graduating with a marketing degree. And um, so it was a great experience for me. But another life changing event for me happened in 1999. I went to go work for a Madison Avenue firm called Venture Direct Worldwide. And several things happened to me at my experience at Venture Direct Worldwide. Um, this was about, I guess this was going back about 1999. Um, I, I, was, I was a fairly good salesperson at Venture Direct. And what happened was, I guess it was about maybe four or five months into working for the organization, they asked me to teach a sales course. And so I'm teaching this, this sales course to, to other salespeople. And after I did the presentation, a woman came up to me and she says to me, she says, you know what? She says, you're, you're in the wrong profession. And you know, she kind of confused me. I was like, what do you mean I'm in the wrong profession? She said, you really, you need to be teaching. And I said, really? I, I said, that's kind of interesting. You know, I kind of had it that you know, sometimes in the back of my mind. I had a cousin who taught for a university. And that little bit of encouragement that that woman gave me, Elsie, it really made all the difference in my life because it was probably like maybe a day or two later that I started researching um, MBA programs. You know, I said, you know what, I'm going to go for my MBA, and you know, perhaps I'll teach business one day. You know, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I, I started researching schools and and, and uh, gathering information. And, but something else happened when I was at Venture Direct. As I was working for Venture Direct. I was working for I was working in online media sales, which in 1999 that was kind of like a big deal. It was, it was so new at the time, you know, because the internet was really, I guess, started taking off around 1995. But people started considering advertising on websites, and I was working, uh, I was doing a, a, a business opportunity website. I had to build advertisers for this site. So I knew there was going to be this big franchise show at what's called the Jacob Javits Center. It's this massive convention hall in New York City. And um, went to the show. I got there bright and early. I think I was like the first one there at the show. And you know, I thought franchising at the time, Elsie, was um, like KFC or McDonald's. And uh, when I got there, I was really surprised that all these different types of industries can franchise. You know, there was printing franchises, there was retail franchises, there was um, shoe repair franchises, you name it. I mean, they were all there. And I learned so much about franchising, and I found the whole concept of franchising fascinating. Um, so I started gathering leads at that show, but what something else happened to me by accident. I, um, there was a, as I was looking for advertisers for this business opportunity website, I came across um, a company called Franchise America. They kept coming up in the top, like on a Google, or um, at the time there was all these different search engines. There was Yahoo, there was Excite. 
And um, I called the gentleman who, who owned the website, Franchise America, and I said, you know what? I, I said, I think we should talk, you know, because he had no advertisers on this website, yet I assumed that he was probably getting all this traffic. And so we kind of started talking to each other over like three, a three-week period of time, and we came to a business deal, you know, where, where I would own part of the company. And um, that's exactly what happened. So, so I, I left Venture Direct after... Yeah, it was. I guess it was like the end of 1999, and I got into entrepreneurship, you know, and and, and I was this owner of Franchise America. It was one of the first franchise um, websites, I guess you could say, on the internet, um, and we were able to get gain all these advertisers right away. You know, I mean, we really took off as a business because I took my sales experience that I had over an eight-year period of time. And I was able to build advertisers for the site right away, and it became one of the biggest franchise websites on the Internet. I think there was only like maybe three or four other franchise websites at the time. And um, so we did that for about, oh, God, I guess we had about four or five years. And the site was eventually sold to um, our biggest competitor. And so I kind of found myself out of the franchise business, um, so during that time, what happened was then I, I started to pursue my MBA. And after I got my MBA, something, another accident happened to me. I, I said, you know what, I, I want to teach in a business school. And there was a school in New Jersey called uh, Catherine Gibbs. And you, they were looking for a marketing, uh, or I think it was more like a business instructor. And I remember going in on a Friday for the interview. And the woman says to me, you know what, she, she says, you, you really don't have any experience, but I'm in a unique situation. I need someone to start on Monday. Can you start on Monday? I was like, Monday? I was like, you know, and, and I said yes to her. I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I, you know, it was totally out of my comfort zone because I never taught before, but I said, you know, I'll spend all weekend, I'll, uh, you know, review the books, I'll, I'll try to think of, you know, how I'm going to teach this, et cetera, et cetera. And on that Monday, Elsie, you know, I went in, I taught my first class, and I remember coming home that evening, and I said, oh, my God. I said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I, I just enjoy teaching. It's just, it's, it's fun for me. You know, it's something that I would do for free, and, and, and I'll probably, I hope I, 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 I do it the rest of my life, whether it's for pay or, or whether it's for free, whatever that may be. Um, and so I taught for this school for seven years. Um, but during that time, you know, I, I wanted to continue my education. And, you know, it was kind of in the back of my head that I wanted to go for a doctorate degree, but I wasn't quite ready yet. And there was a school called Fairleigh Dickinson University, and a very good school. They had this, it was what was called a post-MBA program, which was kind of for MBA graduates, but not quite a doctorate degree. And I started studying entrepreneurship, and I did that for three years. I, I, I was part of that whole program at FTU, and I completed my post-MBA in, I think it was about 2005. And um, I found after I, I, I got my post-MBA, I, I missed franchising so much that I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just start writing a newsletter on franchising. You know, and, and it started off with like a handful of 
subscribers. I think we had like maybe five or ten subscribers to this particular newsletter. And um, it was, again, something interesting happened in 2006. It was a year later. I guess one of our subscribers, they called us up and they said, you know, I, I get your newsletter and um, would you be interested in turning this newsletter into an internet radio show slash podcast? And I originally said no to the offer because I, I had no background in radio or podcasting or anything like that. You know, it was interesting to me and I was flattered that they asked, but I felt very uncomfortable with it, you know, and I, I told my wife about it. And she says, well, you know, why don't you just try it, you know, and, and see if you like it. So I kind of thought about it and I called them up you know, a couple of days later, and I said, you know what, I, I think I would like to try this whole internet radio thing. I think I'd like to have my own show. And I took on a co-host uh, named Don Johnson, who was a, a friend of mine, and uh, he did the show with me. And it, it, it's funny, Elsie, because what was supposed to probably be like a, a three-week or four-week type of radio show, this November, we're going to be doing our 500th show and, and doing the show 10 years. So I've done this show consistently every single Thursday at 10 o'clock for like the last 10 years. And it's changed my life in so many different ways. It's just been fantastic. I, I've interviewed the most amazing people, people that I never even would have thought um, I, I, I would have interviewed. Um, and it, it really became very successful. Or certainly I would say franchise interviews is the biggest um, I guess I could safely say franchise podcast, I would say, on the planet. Um, you know, and, and that, that happened over the course of time, you know. Um, and, and I just enjoy it so much. It, it became like a new passion. And um, a couple other interesting things happened from that podcast as well. Um, in, in 2005, I kind of skipped over some things, but I started teaching for Kaplan University. And Kaplan University is one of the biggest online universities in the United States. We have brick and mortar schools as well, but most of our students pursue a degree through through online technology. And I've been with and I'm still currently teaching for Kaplan University. I'm a course lead for, for the marketing courses. I teach full time with the school. Um, I've been with them for uh, this it's almost gonna be twelve amazing years and um, I just love teaching for them. But what happened was I also became, it was called, there's a group out there, and you'd probably be interested in this, it's called the Collegiate Entrepreneur Organization. I became the faculty advisor for the Collegiate Entrepreneur Organization. And this is an organization for college students who are interested in one day going into their own business. And I find, I find entrepreneurs very interesting people, Elsie. I just find, you know, that there's... They just have so much energy. They're excited. You know, they sometimes they, they want to change the world. And um, so I got to present at the national uh, convention in Chicago. I did a presentation on franchising, and I think there was about I think it was about 1,200 to 1,500 people attended the event. Um, and after doing that for four years, I, I've kind of turned it over to to someone else. But something. Another amazing thing happened with me at Kaplan University was because I had experience in internet radio, it was about in 2007, I, I, I had a conversation with a gentleman who had experience in radio, and I said, why doesn't Kaplan University have a radio station? 
so we kind of talked about it for a while, and it kind of fell through the cracks for, for one or two different reasons. And I, re um, I reintroduced the idea. I guess it was back in 2000. I want to say it was about 2011. And um, we got the blessings from all the executives at Capital University. They said, OK, start this radio station. You can do it. And um, we called it Kaplan Radio. And we broadcast the show through a company called Live365.com. And we did so much prep uh, when we were going to launch the show. Uh, I think it was our first month we had, I think it was like about like 33 or 35,000 streams in one month. And what was amazing about the story is that Kaplan Radio became the number one radio station in the education and talk genre. Um, Harvard had their own station on Live 365. So there was about 9,000 different shows being broadcasted, and we became number one. You know? So I was able to take all my experience from, from, from all these things that, that I knew um, and I've done, and it became the number one station. The disappointing part was that Live 365 <laughs> eventually went out of business, and uh, <clears throat> the radio station had to go to, um, to a new distributor to have the broadcast, so they kind of had to start over. But what was interesting about that story was that it, the radio station turned into an internship program at Kaplan University, you know, something that I, I didn't um, even foresee in the beginning. But it became so big that we said, OK, let's have our students run it. And that's exactly what happened. So that's kind of what I, I guess you could say I've been doing for uh, you know, my whole life, I'm sure I skipped a, a couple of different things, you know, but, um, uh, you know, my main thing these days is, is, is franchise interviews. One of the things that I'm, I'm most proud about is that the show uh, this November, it's, it's right around Thanksgiving, we'll be launching our 500th show. And um, uh, so I'm just really proud of that because the time has gone by so fast. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. I have about... 125 questions right now. <laughs> I'll answer all of them for you. <laughs> but, uh, um, but Marty, this is a really good point to uh, take a break. And uh, so we'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. I'd like to welcome our premier sponsor of the Enterprise Now radio show, the Waukesha County Technical College Small Business Center. The WCTC Small Business Center is a community service initiative of the college with one primary mission to help entrepreneurs start and grow small businesses in southeastern Wisconsin. The center offers a variety of low-cost to no-cost resources, including non-credit courses, services, and networking events, all designed to help real-world entrepreneurs succeed. Remember that passion without action is just a hobby. For more information, visit www.wctc.edu slash smallbusiness then contact center manager Russ Roberts directly at 262-695-3468. Or you can email Russ at rroberts at wctc.edu. Locally owned and operated businesses are the backbone of our local economy. They employ upwards of 70% of the residents and are the sole sponsors of our recreational programs for our children. Without them, a community ceases to exist. We may not be able to change the economic state of our nation, but we can certainly do so on a local level. Rely Local is a new locals-only business directory. No big box retailers or national chains. Just locally owned and operated businesses who play a vital role within our community. Rely Local is not just about printing local coupons and finding local jobs. 
It's a campaign to restore strength within the local economy. We rely on these locally owned and operated businesses every day. Can they rely on us? Save time, save money, strengthen your community. Visit RelyLocal.com today. We're back on Enterprise Now. I have with me Marty McDermott, and he just gave us the history of kind of where he came from, how he started, how life and in general kind of threw some curveballs at him and how he kind of took the curveballs and hit home runs. Um, so that's a really, really interesting um, story, Marty. I, um, so I guess the first question I have for you is, and, and, we, and we talk about this often on, on the show, we talk about pivoting and being operating outside of your comfort zone how much of that can you identify with um, because i heard in your in your answer Ooh. several times where you were outside of your comfort zone you had to mm -hmm. pivot you had to do something that you hadn't that you weren't used to talk to us about right. that it's it's a great question i think it's one of the most important aspects of life that's one of the things i've learned at you know where i'm at right now elsie because i think back to all of those moments that I went outside my comfort zone. And for the most part, some amazing things really happened. You know, I think, you know, if I didn't do the podcast, how my life would be so much different because it's just opened up so many doors for me. Um, you know, in, in, in doing the podcast, it actually gave me an idea for um, my, my doctorate degree. And I think I forgot to mention that as well, which is another milestone. But in 2009, I decided to finally, I said, you know what, I'm going to go back and, and, and pursue my doctorate degree. But when you go for a doctorate degree, one of the, the, the big events in a doctorate degree is you have to um, present a dissertation where you're pretty much, you're, you're, it, it, it's a big, big thesis, you know, you have to present it in front of a board, it's, it's original research, you have to take a study, and of course mine focused on the topic of franchising, but my idea for my dissertation was actually drawn from the podcast. Um, so, and then it was a couple of years later that I was actually published in, in a, a major journal. You know, I had a study that was published in a major journal. But going outside your comfort zone, this is one of the lessons that I mentioned to my students often, Elsie, uh, is, you know, I, I give that example, um, is to don't be afraid to go outside your comfort zone and do something that you're uncomfortable with, you know. Um, you know, challenge yourself, you know. It, it, it really does, it, it, it makes all the difference in your life. I know for me it's made all the difference in my life because now I can look back after all this time and say, God, what if I didn't do this? Or what if I didn't do that? You know, what if I didn't pursue a marketing degree? You know, um, you know what if I didn't decide to, um, I quit my job in, in, in 1999. Literally, I quit my job. I had a good job working on a Ma for a Madison Avenue firm, and I just quit. You know, and, and my parents were, they were fit to be tied, you know. They said, are you crazy? What are you going to do for medical benefits? What are you going to do, you know, for money, you know? And I just felt very confident that it was going to work, you know. I, I, I believed in myself. And that was another moment where, again, I was outside my comfort zone. But I had this belief in myself that I knew I, I, I could make it work. And, and, and I said, you know, I, I got a chance. Sometimes you got to go with that feeling that's in your gut, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that's been very effective for me. So, you know, entrepreneurs, I mean, they, they go through this all the time, you know, is they, they, do they stay with their job where they get a steady paycheck or should they go outside their comfort zone? 
you know, and um, it's really, it's, it's made all the difference in my life. So I appreciate you asking the question. Gotcha. So I, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the life lessons that you learned. I, I wrote down that one of the lessons that you learned was to do something you're passionate about. And yes. what's funny for me is I, and, and hopefully when I, when I speak and when I talk about business and entrepreneurship, this comes across, but I am yes. passionate about entrepreneurship. I love, mm-hmm. um, I say this all the time. I love meeting cool people and I love, yeah. love, love meeting entrepreneurs because we think differently. And, and it's really right. cool to be in a conversation or in an environment where you're around people that think like you, right? Because uh, right. When, when you mention one of your, your crazy ideas or something like that, you have somebody who'll, who'll understand that look that you get on your face and then they'll um, give that look back to you. And then you guys will give that look right. to each other. And then you go off into this, this, you know, this whole new, brave new exactly. world of ideas and possibilities and all that kind of stuff. So talk to us a little bit about passion and how important passion is not only in business, but in, in but in life. Well, you're right about that. And, you know, and this is why I listen to your show. This is why I'm a fan of your show, because when you speak about entrepreneurship and you speak about business, Elsie, you're very passionate about it, you know, and that's what draws me to your show, you know, and that's why I became a fan to your show. I've listened to other podcasts out there and, you know, some of the hosts that do the show, I mean, some of them sound like they're dead or they're just uninterested in, you know, in, in the guests, you know, and I say, oh my God, I say, who would want to listen to this person for an hour, you know, so I just want to, you know, compliment you and let you know that you do that very well because I think enthusiasm is very contagious, isn't it? You know, I mean, when, when people are enthusiastic, you know, and, and, and that's the one thing that I love about entrepreneurs. Many entrepreneurs are very enthusiastic and they're passionate and they're excited, you know, and they want to, um, they want to change the world. But when you're passionate about something, what happens is, Elsie, is you feel like you don't, I'll give you an example. My, my Mondays, are the same as my Fridays, and my Fridays are the same as my Sundays, and my Sundays are the same as my Wednesdays. There was a time in my life where, you know, I did have some of those sales jobs where I have to tell you, I didn't enjoy them that much. You know, I didn't feel totally enthusiastic about the job. And, and I think when you have that, I think it's, it's hard to be um, successful if you're not passionate about something. You know, I, I think if you don't have that passion, if you, if you study any entrepreneur, um, you know, you can see the enthusiasm and passion that they had. It's one of those things that, you know, it, it gets you up early and uh, it, it's one of the reasons that you work late at night, you know, um, just just like you and I talking right now, you know, it, it, it's just we enjoy talking to each other about this particular topic. So passion is, is, is critical to success. You know, if you don't have it, it's going to be very, very difficult to, to, to be successful. I haven't taken a sick day, and I don't say this to brag, but I haven't taken a sick day in, um, oh God, I guess it's been, since I've been with Kaplan University. Oh wow, <laughs> 12, that's 12 13, years. 13, 12, 13 years, years, it's I a long I time. Yeah, I haven't, you know, and I've been sick by the way. In fact, I'm a little, I'm a little sick this evening. I feel a sore throat coming on, you know, but it, it, it doesn't matter because, you know, that passion um, gets you through all of that. And the passion gets you through the hard times. And there's always going to be hard times. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, they're going to be there. But it's like this, it gives you this 
this adrenaline kick, so you can say, you know, it gives you energy. Um, so I, I think it, it's really one of the most critical aspects to, to, to being successful. It sounds very cliche, you know, a cliche, you know, it's like, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, you hear all the time where you read books and you say, well, do something you're passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, I think people know that, but for those of us who have truly experienced it, you know, you've experienced it, I've experienced it, the reason so many people say it is because it's true, you know, so very, very important to being successful in entrepreneurship or really anything in life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to mention um, on the while we're talking about passion, um, we run a podcast. It's a gentleman by the name of Steve Pavlina. And this mm-hmm. podcast, I want to say it's uh, let's see, it's 2016. It has to be about 10 years old, I, I believe. It, it's kind of one of his first couple of podcasts, and he's now gone on to do some amazing things in the in the space of personal development. But I run that podcast because it it's one of the the times, um, as you mentioned in in your life, that a shift happened, and yeah. I started to realize, hey. I started to recognize what that passion was because a lot right. of people have passion. They just don't know exactly how to pinpoint it or how to find it. And yes. uh, that pa- podcast for me was that moment where I said, hmm, all right, I really enjoy doing this. I, I don't mind doing it. Even the mundane you know, parts of it. Um, I, you know, I don't get tired when I do it. I, I could literally stay up all night and, and, and do it. I, I think I'm kind of passionate about this. And right, so that right. was the, for me, was kind of the, the shift in, in, in my life where I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this is, this is one of my passions. And uh, this is something that I need to do more of. I, I tell people all the time, I, I find the things that make me smile and I do them more. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very well said. I I do this great quotes in franchising. I I'd like to use that, you know, because it, it's it really is it it it's a great quote, you know. And I I think that was one of the things I was talking about too, you know, as as you were saying it, Elsie was you know going outside your comfort zone because you, you said something very clever. You said is you know you have to sometimes pinpoint it, and we don't know what it is, you know. You probably always, I suspect, you know, in, in, in listening to you, you know, for all this time you know, is you're a passionate person, you're enthusiastic, but sometimes you're right, we don't know what that passion actually is until we try something, you know. It's like when I tried my first time teaching, I was terrified. I mean, when I had to teach my first class, my hands were literally shaking. I was hoping that the students weren't going <laughs> to catch on to that, you know what I mean? Because I was, I was so nervous, and you could probably hear it in my voice and, and, and probably even see it. But nevertheless, it probably wasn't my best presentation that I ever had. But even after, you know, that class was over, I said, oh, my God. I said, you know, this is what I enjoy doing. I love teaching people. You know, I love sharing information. You know, that's, that's what gives me the most joy in life, probably even over, I think, money, you know, is, is just teaching people, you know, about everything I know and just sharing all my knowledge. I guess it's my way of giving. Um, my first podcast that I did for Franchise Interviews, Elsie, I mean, we prepared a month for that first show. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I was sweating bullets. We did our first show with World Talk Radio. You know, and I was under the assumption that a million people were listening. You know, I didn't know, you know, and it wasn't certainly a million people. But I had that idea, you know, that the whole world was listening to it, and and myself and my co-host, we were terrified. But after that first podcast was over, 
you know, I listened to it two or three times. And I said, you know what, it's 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 not that bad, and 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 I really. I love the whole concept of podcasting because I'm a very auditory person mm-hmm. and you know that's why I listen to your podcast and you know I listen to you know several other podcasts throughout the day because um I just learn so much from them you know and, and over the years you you get better at your craft don't you mm-hmm. you know I mean um you know people start complimenting you you know and they say wow you're you know you're a really good interviewer you know um so you're certainly right about that. I like how you mentioned, you know, that you have to pinpoint it, you know, and I think sometimes we have to look for signs too, you know. I think sometimes, you know, I, I, I'm religious and spiritual in the sense, you know, I, I believe that God sometimes gives us a little, you know, if I could say kick in the ass sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and says, you know, <laughs> you know, go this way, you know. And, you know, when that one woman that one day, you know, came up to me after making my sales presentation at Venture Direct and she said, you know, you should be teaching, you know, that was a sign. You know, I could have just ignored her and said, ah, what what do you know? You don't know me, you know, but, you know, I I took that and I considered it, you know, and it was the same thing when we got the call from World Talk Radio and they said, I like your newsletter. You got really good content here. You know, why don't you turn it into a weekly radio show, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, uh, so you're right about that. You know, we have to pinpoint you know, what those things are. And, and, and you and I will probably pinpoint other things in the future, you know, three or four years down the road that, that, that also sparks an interest. One of my interests these days is, you know, I, I, I learned over the last, um, I guess, five years, Elsie, is that I enjoy uh, writing. I enjoy doing research. Mm-hmm. I used to be a ter- terrible writer. I mean, if you go back to my writing, you know, 10 years ago, I, I would be embarrassed to probably even show it to you. You know, but over the course of time, um, it's been a, a creative outlet for me. You know, and when I got published in 2015 in this this major this scholarly journal, um, you know, that was one of the highs of all highs. You know, I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "You know, I did it." You know, it was one of my dreams. I didn't think I could do it, but it happened. You know, and and that gives you confidence. You know, and. But but I but I find what's interesting is though as as I achieve one goal, Elsie, mm-hmm. as soon as I hit that, I want to I start thinking about something else. Like I, I recently just finished a, a, another study. I just finished it. It took me about it was ten months of of writing this particular study. I just finished it this week. You know, I had the final final draft after going through like 150 drafts, and I'm already thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? You know, um, so I, I find as you know, sometimes a characteristic of, of entrepreneurs is you know we're always looking. Once we hit a goal, we want to hit another goal. We want to go yes. a little bit higher. Yes. You know, and and I think it's good to to push ourselves. You know what I mean, and and go outside of our comfort zones. I think that's so important. Yes, that that is very, 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 very true. Uh, yeah. I can I can attest to that. Um, so I have a couple of good good uh, little tidbits that I want to share. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll get our last break in and then we'll, we'll bring it home here. Um, okay. but I have some, some things that I drew out of the podcast that I mentioned before that specifically helped me, um, kind of make that shift. So, uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. If only your website showed the value of what you offer, you are better than the competition, but nobody seems to know it. If only you ranked higher in the search engines, American Website Company solves those problems for a lot less than the big agencies charge. American Website Company, 414-477-5739. 414-477-5739. 
visit AmericanWebsite.us. That's .us. Welcome back to Enterprise Now. I'm your host, LZ Flinnard. I have with me Marty McDermott. He is the president and owner of Franchise Interviews. We um, we were just talking a little bit about finding your passion. How do you know what your passion is? And um, I wanted to share um, some of the notes that I took from the, the the podcast that I mentioned before, the Steve Pavlina podcast. And um, it, 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 it simply says how to find your specific purpose. His, his thing is you have a specific purpose and you have a general purpose. And uh, the, the notes that I took, um, you have four things, how to find your um, specific purpose. Number one was what do you need to do? That's your body. What can you do? That's your mind. What you want to do? That's your heart. And what you should do? That's your spirit. And um, kind of self-evaluating those four areas, you should be able to, to get to a place where you can say, okay, this is a, a, a passion area for me. Um, and, and what this does is it kind of provides the framework around still being able to support, support your family because um, oftentimes sure. a hurdle is, well, you know, I, I know that I'm passionate about entrepreneurship, but the mortgage company expects a, <laughs> expects a check at the end of the month. And so, uh, so that yeah. would be your body. That's part of what you need to do in order to, um, to, to feed your family and survive. Um, your mind, what can you do? Are you um, like, like Marty? Can you teach? Can you, um, uh, in my case, can you do music or um, do you have audio uh, background or that type of thing? What's in your mind to do? And, and then what's in your heart to do? What do you want to do? Do you walk past the, the, the person who's down on their luck and, and really feel for them and want to you know, help them out and uh, help them get on their feet? Then that's something that that's part of your your purpose. Um, and, and the last thing is, what should you do? What pulls at your heartstrings? What um, are you a spiritual person? And even if you're not specifically a spiritual person, do you feel a connection with other people? That's that's all part of your your purpose and, and understanding those four areas. You'll I think you'll then be able to kind of narrow in and hone in on what your your specific purpose is. Yeah, that's. That's well said, Elsie. I, that's it's very interesting, I, and I, I wrote down you know what you just said because I I think it's very powerful information. I you know it, it it's interesting in talking about you know this particular matter. You know a lot of people I think that go into entrepreneurship, Elsie, they go into it for the wrong reasons. You mm-hmm. know a lot of times like if you ask someone, you know why do you want to go into your own business? You know a lot of, I can't tell you how often I hear the response. I want to be my own boss, or you know, I'm sick of working for someone else. You know, and yeah. I, 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 I get that whole thing, you know, but it, it, it may not be enough reason go into your own business. You know, I mean, you want to go into a business that you know you were saying, you know, of course it makes money. You know what I mean? And 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 of course you got to pay your mortgage and and, and things of that nature. So it, it's very important. So uh, you know I think by asking those questions, you know, um, you know what can you do? Uh, you know what do you need to do? You know what should you do? All of those things, looking at spirit, heart, mind, and body. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's all very critical uh, to success. You really have to ask yourself those deep rooted questions. You know, in order to um, in order to move forward. Entrepreneurship, you know, and I don't have to tell you this, I mean, is, is very hard, you know. I mean, when you look at the statistics of, of entrepreneurship in general, it, the numbers are very gloomy, you know. I mean, over a 10-year period of time, I think that the numbers are like about like 80% 
of most businesses fail mm-hmm. over a, a 10-year period of time. I think five-year period of time, it's like about maybe 55% or 50%, something like that, yeah, you know? About half, uh, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's it, you know those numbers are very high. Yet nevertheless, when people still see those numbers, you know they still you know a lot of times they want to you know pursue their own business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I I think those are great questions. I'm going to use those you know for you know future podcasts as well because I think that's great. Yeah, the the cool thing about his site is he he lets he has a um, uncopyright on his uh, on all of his work that basically says. Wow share it share it share it get it out there use it as much as you can and so i i play his uh his podcast and one of the other ones that i play of his is um how to make job with how to make money without having a job and i think that was the other one it, it, it was kind of a one-two punch it was like okay now I, I i know my purpose but okay how do i actually do this right and right. so the the mindset of 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 just that statement how to make money without having a job Right. Because right. if most people out there are like me, you grew up and the thought was, OK, you go to college, you you do good in school, you get that sure. internship and then you, um, you know, you land a, a job at a great company and you work there for a while. And hopefully, you know, you move up the chain and eventually right. you make enough and, 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 it, and it goes on and on and on. And that's the only right. way we think that you can make money. Yes. And I realized after listening to that podcast, I'm like, wait, there's other ways to make money other than having a job and so i think you know having that mindset shift is 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 super important is like realizing okay that's one way and that's a great way and it works for most people but it may not be the way for for you if you're a you know if you're an entrepreneur exactly i um i grew up my 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 mom's from another country you know so she was you know, when she came here, you know, I mean, they had, they had a very tough life. They were very poor. I think my grandfather, um, you know, when he came here, he was making, a, I think it was a dollar an hour at a spring factory in, 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 in Queens, you know. But my mom was always pushing me as a kid. She said, you know, go work for the post office or, you know, go do a job where you're going to have security, you know. So those, those were her dreams for me, you know what I mean, was to have a job where I'd, I'd always have a job and I'd never have to worry but it wasn't in my, I guess, genes, so you can say. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's, I, I interviewed um, a gentleman named Scott Shane many years ago, Elsie, and, and he wrote this book called Born Entrepreneurs, Born Leaders. Um, and, and in the book, he talks about, you know, that believe it or not, there is a gene that, that a lot of entrepreneurs actually have that makes them entrepreneurs, you know. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be an entrepreneur or even a, a successful entrepreneur, but there is there's, there's, this is kind of like DNA in there that you you have, <laughs> I, I know, and, and you know, I expect I have, you know, that kind of draws us to um, to that world, you know, because I know, I, I, I can tell you when I see, and, and by the way, I have the highest respect for for people who deliver the mail and and, and things like that. It's a I can see it's a very hard job, but. I don't think I would be passionate about something like that, you know? I mean, I said, God, if I went to go, if I took my mom's advice, you know, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll go work for the post office after I graduated from, from high school, you know, and I, I, God, I would have been there for decades by now, you know? <laughs> I said, God, I, I don't know how I would have done something like that. It would have been, 
a prison sentence for me, you mm-hmm. know? So, and it's, again, once again, going back to something you were talking about earlier is, is, is that passion, you know, is, yeah, I may have had job security, but I wouldn't have been successful because I wouldn't have been enthusiastic about it. You know, I probably just would have been a mediocre postman. <laughs> At gotcha. the best, you know. Gotcha. Um, so you, you make a lot of interesting points. Well, I have a, I have a question for you. Um, so a lot, a lot of people will look at, um, uh, I call it a, a day job, as more secure than being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Um, but I um, hate to, qu- to continue to quote Mr. Pavelina, but yeah. um, obviously he's had a, a, a great impact on my sure. my journey. But, uh, and one of his points was, um, you know, having a job is actually... Uh, in some um, from some perspectives, less secure because you could walk into your your place of employment tomorrow, and your only source of income can be taken away, um, even right. if it's not your fault. You know, it, it could be due to a budget cut or um, sure. something could have happened, and and now the only option you have is to go out and hopefully find another job, and then you're still in yeah. the same same position where you're completely at the mercy of that one income source. Right. You're, you know, when you're working for someone else, I remember someone saying this is, I mean, you're, you're working for another entrepreneur. I mean, somebody created that company, you know, and then you're working for them. And you're right about that. You know, and I've seen that over time in, in being in franchising, you know, is a lot of people that get into franchising, Elsie, they've been downsized from corporate America, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and some of them are a lot older. Some of them are like 50s, you know. I, I mean, say, oh, God, what? am I going to do now? I mean, I, I don't want to start over, you know what I mean? And, and that's why I think a lot of them are typically drawn to franchising because a system has been set up in place, you know, and it kind of has some aspects or similarities to working for another company where, you're, you know, you're in business for yourself but not by yourself, you know, and I, I think that's one of my attractions to franchising. I was... Um, I don't live far from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and in in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, we have Bethlehem Steel, and the factory, believe it or not, is still there. It's this massive factory. I mean, when you see Bethlehem Steel, I mean, it it looks like a monster. That's that's how big it is. And I remember watching a documentary on, on PBS, and, you know, when Bethlehem Steel went out of business, you know, a lot of those guys, some of them were working for Bethlehem Steel for like 25 years, and a lot of them said... I don't know how to do anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is, this is what I've been doing for 25, 30 years. You know, they weren't quite ready for retirement yet, but yet the company said, you know, here's your pink slip. Sorry, we're not making enough money. You, you got to go do something else. Mm-hmm. Where do those guys go? You know what I mean? So you're right about that. You know, that security is, it, I think in, particularly in today's world, mm-hmm. you know, because things are so competitive and things just move so fast and industries are constantly changing. Um, you know, I've never felt totally comfortable putting all my eggs in just one basket. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it, it's nice having the podcast and, um, you know, doing other things, whether it's writing and, and things of that nature. But um, um, you, you're, you're, you're totally right about that. I don't think we have that security today, like maybe that your parents had, mm-hmm. you know, when they were working. You know, my dad, he worked for, for Merck. Uh, pharmaceutical company, and he worked for them for for decades, and you know that that was normal for him. You know, he always seemed to have that job security. But if I look at the company Merck today, uh, you know, they've laid off thousands of people. You know, over over the years, over the recent years, anyway. You know, for because of lawsuits or whatever it may be. Um, 
you know, so you're right. That that job security is 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 not always there. In franchising, it's interesting, Elsie, because there's about 80 different industries that franchise, and there's about 3,000 different systems that are out there that you can choose from. Um, the, the the challenge with franchising is that you know it's 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 not for everyone. It's not for a typical entrepreneur because you're you're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself. You have to follow these very strict rules that have been set in place by the franchisor. And that doesn't really match a typical entrepreneur. Because when I think of entrepreneurs, I kind of think of people who are creative. You know, they like to reinvent the wheel. You know, and you know, over the years, I've been asked, you know, why don't you go into franchising? You've been doing this podcast now for ten years. You must know everything about it. <laughs> it's true, but I'd probably be a terrible franchisee because you know, if I worked in a McDonald's, mm-hmm. I'd want to recreate the Big Mac, oh, you know, boy. or the chicken nuggets, <laughs> or I say, you know what, I could do this better, gotcha. and it would be defeat the whole purpose of franchising, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Yep. Nice. So you're nice. right about that. So let's talk a little bit more about the um, the the podcast. Um, I, when I initially found you, um, uh, just by kind of meandering around and, and looking for other podcasts and people who are doing what I do, um, I ran across your site and I was very impressed. And I, I'm trust me, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, Thank you. but I was Thank very you. impressed Thank with um, your the track record, your uh, your background. And so I said, hmm. I, I love to meet cool people. Let me reach out to, to Marty and, and see if he, you know, if he'd come on the show and share his experiences with my audience. And um, and just so that I could because I'm a sponge, Marty, I, I love to learn. Uh, I, I know that I know a, a tiny bit of of things that there are to know. So I'm always looking for people that that um, that know more than I do that I can learn from and that I can grow. Um, so that's why, you know, I reached out and um, I'm super happy that you um, you agreed in your um, you're on the show. I, I have about three pages of notes right here that I, that I need to to go back and uh, and to study. So um, so I just I'm, I'm pretty uh, excited to, to have had you on the show. Thank you. I feel the same way, you know, as, as, as I'm writing notes as you're going along too, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's the interesting thing about entrepreneurs. They're, they're very much alike, you know, as I, I like how you use the word sponge, Elsie, you know, and, and that's what I've gotten from your show too, you know, and listening to the guests that, that you've had. And some of them, by the way, I was actually familiar with, you know, that, that you've interviewed. I said, oh my God, I, I, I know that person or I'm connected with that person oh, okay. on, on LinkedIn, you know, ah, and I said, oh my God. It's funny how you that know, works, I, huh? It is. It's amazing. I said, God, what is, you know, it's, it's a big world, but it's a small world, you know? And, um, uh, you know, so it, it's, I, I think that's, that's a key trait to life is no matter how old you get to, you know, not lose that curiosity for learning. You know, you and I, I you know, I think before the show we were talking about this great tool we use called Audacity, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, you know, someone told me about this thing Audacity one day and, you know, I, I downloaded it and, you know, w- when I had time I started playing with it and it's really enhanced my, my podcast. There's a lot of great tools out there. Um, and, and I find like people like, you know, you and I or specifically even like podcasters, entrepreneurs, they're very giving, you know, it's interesting that they don't really like hoard the ideas to themselves, you know, I I find that, you know, I I gain a lot more when I share all the knowledge that I have, you know, and I'll I'll tell you everything that I know, all the secrets that I have, you know, and um, I I find for me that, you know, I learn in sharing that information as well, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of like the universe giving back to you, you know, because you're giving, you know, and 
it comes back to you. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. um, I, I think that's very important what you said. Gotcha. Now, Marty, let's um, give out your information and when you um, when you post new podcasts, do you do you just post them and then um, the subscribers just uh, get the notification or walk us through that that process? Yeah, the way it works, it's it's interesting. In in the old days, you know, I'm talking when we went back a decade ago, Elsie, when when we did the show with World Talk Radio, the show was live. Okay, um, it, it was it was it was a live stream. And, you know, when you do the live stream, it, it puts a lot of pressure on you and it puts a lot of pressure on the guest. Um, and, and, and it's funny because I, I, I could share with you like a, a dozen funny stories that we've had throughout the years of doing live shows, the things that can go wrong oh, yeah. with a live show. <laughs> oh, <know>? yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, had some, we've had some funny moments on the show, you know. I mean, where um, there, there was one occasion when we were with World Talk Radio, and again, this is going back 10 years ago. But during those days, we had a, we had a director and a producer, and somehow the, the director, he, he must have punched in one of the guests that was listening to the show at the time, they must have called in and listened to it on the phone. And this person was washing dishes in the background and talking while we're interviewing two other people on the show at the same time. We kept saying, what the hell is that noise, you know? And it was just, it was driving us crazy. Um, but at some point during the show, we said, why don't we do a pre-recorded show? And I noticed when we started doing the pre-recorded shows, it put a lot less pressure on the guests. They felt comfortable then. You know, we said, okay, it's not, it's not going to be live. It's pre-recorded. So if you make a mistake, we can edit it out. We can fix it. You know, we can delete it, whatever that may be. And we found that the guests were a lot more comfortable. But, you know, nevertheless, you know, that show religiously has been played every single Thursday at 10 a.m. So we just had one this morning, a, a brand-new show um, that we just ran live. And... Um, that show is there every Thursday. Now we we do the show on Blog Talk Radio, and um, it, it's it's been fantastic. But the one thing that we do, or I, I think we've done well, or where we've gotten compliments over the years, is with the website franchiseinterviews.com. While it's not the most sophisticated website in the world, we have everything categorized. You know, so um, every interview that I've done has been categorized alphabetically, and it's been categorized by industry or topic. So it's almost like a, a table of contents or an index in a book. So if you're looking for something specifically, like you want to hear a, 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 a pizza franchise interview, mm -hmm. you go right to our food category, and there's like a dozen pizza franchises that we've interviewed um, over the last. 10 years, you know. Um, tomorrow, I'm interviewing uh, two more franchises. And um, so, like, I have this whole, you know, collection. I, I probably have, like, about three right now um, that I've, I've just recently recorded. And once again, that'll go live next Thursday and then the following Thursday and the following Thursday after that, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I, I think one of the keys is, is, is consistency. That's one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, people that listen to our show, they know that they're going to hear a brand new show every single Thursday at 10 o'clock, you know, and um, it, it's, it's, it's been a grassroots approach. The one thing that I, I tell people who are going to come on our show, Elsie, is, is, is I say, look, we're not going to charge you to come on our show, but the one thing that I do ask of you is that you tell everyone and your mother that you're coming on the show. And that's worked very well because a lot of them, what they do is they'll post the show up on their website. And we've had some very big 
um, guests, you know, that have like a 20,000 Facebook followers or, you know, they have thousands of followers on LinkedIn or Twitter followers or whatever it may be. And when you look at the numbers sometimes, you're like, oh, my God, you know. Um, last, last month we had one show. We was getting about 2,000 listeners per day. You know, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's incredible, you know, because here I am, I'm doing the podcast from the comfort of my home, mm-hmm. and um, it's really turned into a big thing over a decade, you know, so it's, it's been a lot of work, you know, I, I mean, you put a lot of time into it, mm-hmm. but the time certainly does pay off, you know, because we, we have people listening to the show from Australia. Uh, Japan, you know, when you, when we look in our databases and we see where the listeners are coming from, you say, oh my God, Israel or, you know, you, you say, what are they doing listening to the show? But it's, it's, it's really, it still blows my mind to this day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Mr. Marty, as usual, we have come to the end of our time together. Um, again, I appreciate you, you know, being on the show so much. I, I've learned a ton. So, um, oh, thank so you, to, to wrap, been mine. Oh, thank you. Uh, so to wrap things up, Marty, what would be one piece of advice that you would give entrepreneurs looking to either start or grow um, their business? Wow. I think the one thing that everyone needs to do is, you know, if, if you want to be an entrepreneur, Elsie, um, what type of entrepreneur do you want to be? Because in, in the world of entrepreneurship, there's a lot of different opportunities. You can be an intrapreneur, what I call a corporate entrepreneur, you know, where you can kind of use your entrepreneurial skills within a corporation. That would be like a company like a 3M or, you know, a, a Google, um, where you got that comfort of getting a, a paycheck, but you still get to use your your entrepreneurial skills. Um, you can go into franchising, which is a different type of entrepreneurial opportunity. You can go into your own independent type of business. Um, so, you know, what type of entrepreneur do you want to be? And, and I think what you really have to do is, is, is you really have to do your research. You know, I think the industry is very critical. You know, you have to kind of look in and see what industries are, are, are growing and what industries are, are not doing so well. You know, I think the industry certainly has um, uh, a, a lot to do with, you know, the success of, of, of entrepreneurship. There's industries you can get into now that, that are actually declining, you know. So no matter how passionate you are or enthusiastic you are, it doesn't matter, you know, that it, it, it's probably just not going to work, you know. Um, so you really have to do your homework. Um, I, I, I think that's very important because that helps you make better decisions, you know, not to just jump into something. I, I, I like to go with that feeling of your gut, but but to also back it up with some type of, you know, scholarly uh, data that's out there, you know, that kind of helps you in going with your gut decision as well. So so doing as much research as possible is, is, is very important. There's a lot of information out there too, like free information sometimes. There's, there's, there's uh, brokers. Out there, there's um, there's there's um, business consultants, Elsie. You know, I I know. I think at some point you're going to get involved in doing something like that. You know, and there's people out there that can advise you. You know, just ask questions. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions. I would say, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question. You know, sometimes I, I was one of those people, you know, that used to be afraid sometimes to ask a question because I would say, oh, I'm going to come off as of sounding dumb, but 
chances are someone has the same exact question as, as you do. So ask as many questions as possible to help yourself in making the best decision possible. Gotcha. Great advice. Great advice. Well, we have come to the end of our time. Thank you so much to you guys who, who are out there, who are listening. Uh, I hope that and I know that you got a lot out of this this interview because Marty McDermott is uh, the top of the line. He is the um, the entrepreneur's entrepreneur uh, in terms of knowledge and uh, things that he's learned over the years over the course of his career so uh thanks again to marty mcdermott of uh, franchise interviews if when you get the chance after you listen to the enterprise now radio show head on over to franchiseinterviews.com and listen to all of marty's 10 10 plus years of franchise interviews and by the time you're done you will be an expert <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that, Elsie. Not Thank a problem. You. Not a problem. And as I mentioned, Elsie, I'm a big fan. I feel the same way about your show. You know, it's 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 a privilege for me to be able to speak to you tonight. Thank you so much. Well, guys, we are going to get out of here. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.